You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, we are back. The ACL pod featuring Cap and Wags. I'm ACL, he's Wags. We finished up the AFC last week. We are on to the NFC this week. Two divisions today, two divisions later this week. Today we're doing the NFC East, the NFC North. Twitter, sorry, not Twitter, X. X and Instagram at the real Mr. ACL at cap and wags, the website, ACL sports.com. All your packages, all your podcasts, everything is there. Football futures package going out tomorrow. We're taping this Monday of this week. They go out tomorrow. Every single futures play that wags and I make on that card going out wags AFC last week, ready to talk some NFC football this week, starting off with the East men. Eagles, baby. Eagles. We're starting off with the Eagles. Why? Right? Eagles fly. We are Second starting off. Super Bowl favorite. They, they are indeed. Here we go. Here are the numbers. Let's jump right in to win the division. Philadelphia Eagles, the minus 135 favorite swags. The win total on the Eagles, 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Minus 105. The juice is actually on the under on this team. Minus 105 if you want to go over that. Minus 115 if you want to go under that number to win the conference. Plus 250. They are the favorites to repeat, not only in the division, but they are the favorites to repeat in the NFC. Plus 250. And they are the second favorite to go to, sorry, to win the Super Bowl. Plus 650. I tweeted this out earlier today. There has not been a repeat divisional winner in this division, the NFC East, since 2004. 19 years, one of the more remarkable stats you'll ever see. There's only four teams. So, I mean, the right. chances that one of them will should have repeated in that in that time period was pretty high. And now the market is simply saying, look, there's a minus 135 chance that that, that streak is broken with the Eagles winning this year. We shall see a lot, a lot, a lot of injury luck for this team last year. Highest in the entire league, just as far as staying healthy, right? Which is obviously quite quite lucky from uh, from year to year. Your thoughts on this Philadelphia Eagles team headed into the year here, the NFC East favorites. Yeah, I mean, what's not to love about the Eagles or the defending NFC champs right behind Kansas City as far as the Super Bowl favorites, as you mentioned. Um, they're the favorite to win it again this year. And, uh, you know, not only the division, but also the conference at plus 250. And look, they, they were the top-ranked offense in the NFC last year, scoring over 29 points a game. It was the best offensive line in football. They were able to pretty much do and you know whatever they wanted. They basically manhandled the opposition both on the ground and in the air. Hertz ran their offense to near perfection, running when he had to, throwing the ball to open uh, receivers and AJ Brown, who proved to be an incredible acquisition um, before the start of last season from the Titans, and then you know Devonta Smith coming back from injury and then or you know had the ability to check down to a stud tight end and in Dallas Goddard um defensively they were just as good I mean it's pretty incredible number one defense in yards per play ninth overall only giving up a little over 20 points a game um 
the issue, though, you know, for this defense, uh, giving up 38 points in the Super Bowl when it mm-hmm. mattered against the Chiefs. So um, that said, you know, I think the Eagles, you know, will be strong defensively again. They bring in Jalen Carter up front from Georgia, an absolute mountain of a human. And Nolan Smith, who's going to be coming off the edge, um, you know, Nolan Smith is actually a guy to um, keep your radar on. Uh, you know, I'm certainly have him as, as a potential play, to be honest, as defensive player of the year. I think he's somewhere around 20 to 22 to one. Um, so keep an eye on him. You know, I think this could be an improved defense, which, you know, bodes well for a deep run. And while I talk and talk this Eagles teams up because they are fantastic on paper, at least their first string, um, they're not as deep as some other teams out there. And and again, you mentioned injuries, you know, they, they got really lucky last year. Everybody pretty much stayed healthy, uh, but they do have some injury prone guys on this team. AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. If one of their offensive linemen goes down, it's going to be tough to really backfill those, those top positions because they truly just don't have the depth there. Their schedule ranked 11th overall, at least as for my rankings, not sure where you have them ACL. I have a number 20. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. So actually probably the biggest discrepancy that we have. Um, but look with other teams improving in this division, you know, you got the Cowboys and giants getting better the commanders. Um, we'll talk about them a little later. They were, you know, surprisingly eight, eight and one, uh, last year, you know, I think it'll be a tough, it'll be tough for the Eagles kind of to match the success that they had last year, just because, you know, again, someone goes down, it's going to be really tough to replace that. Um, I was all over them last year at plus 170 to win the NFC East. That obviously hit a little bit more hesitant on that this year, you know, though I think if they do stay healthy, you know, I don't think they'll have an issue repeating as a uh, NFC East champs. Yeah. I mean, look, on paper, this was a team this time last year, Wags, a lot of people liked them. They were, people just think, oh, you know, the Eagles, everyone was on, they were 50 to one to win the Super Bowl last summer. Right, they were sort of one of those middling teams in the NFC, and I think people caught on real quick. You were ahead of the head of the curve, taking them to win the division. That uh, Jalen Hurts was ready to take that jump, and he certainly did last year. A couple of issues I have, red flags, if you will. They lose both coordinators, right? So Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon both leave to take head coaching jobs. That's a thing. They lose Miles Sanders. He led the league. Uh, he, sorry, he was fifth in the league in rushing last year just shy of 1,300 yards. They they let him walk. They just don't give second contracts to running backs, right? They haven't since uh, LaShawn McCoy. So they're going with Kenneth Gainwell. That's a thing. They do it. I just want to point out, like, yes, they have Gainwell, but they also bring in Swift from Detroit. Absolutely. They, they now, also is, have Rashad is Swift, Penny. Sure. From, but is Swift like, my, like a Miles Sanders, right? Is he going to be catching ball? That's not really his thing. So I think right, they, they right. kind of lose that. But yeah, no, no, totally. I, I, I mean, honestly, what I see here is a, a rotation, right? Fresh legs for these Absolutely. guys. So yep. as far as depth is concerned, and I know I mentioned this earlier, I think at running back, they have they have depth, right? They have guys, but I think running backs one of those easy situations where the offensive line, because they're so good, it doesn't almost doesn't matter who's back there, and mm-hmm. that's again one of the reasons why we see this big contract controversy going on in the NFL around that position because you know, the, the parody in that position, I mean, you can really plug in someone like, again, 
Kenneth Gainwell, who, again, who's he? He's like this third-string running back who's having success year over year. As a third-string running back, he's he's doing the job. He can easily step into a number two or number one role on this team because their offensive line's so good. And you see that, you know, you, you let Swift walk on the Lions. You bring in Jameer Gibbs. Um, and you also have David Montgomery, right? Like, it, uh, there's so many interchangeable running backs in the NFL that it almost doesn't matter. But yeah, I just wanted to point out not only do they gain well, but they also do bring in Swift and Rashad Penny um, yep. from Seattle. It's a great point. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell only in his third year, obviously fresh legs. We'll see how, how he does this year. Uh, plus eight in turnovers last year, plus 133 as far as point differential. The only team that was ahead of them uh, was the San Francisco 49ers. So certainly understandable why they're at that 11 and 11 and a half mark as far as season wins. I mentioned losing both coordinators. They were seven and one last year in, in, in one score games. That's a thing. We'll talk about one score games and kind of variance and all that. When we get to the Minnesota Vikings, absolutely. But look, when you're oh. seven and one in one score games, that's something that you always have to circle as well. Uh, the other thing that's not great for them, they have a bad rest disadvantage, right? So you always want to look at teams rest sort of net right so how many um days do they have at you know rest versus other teams that they are playing and they have one of the worst rest differentials this year a lot of that is because they're so good and they're playing a lot of you know primetime games monday etc that kind of thing saturday games thursday games so that's something to factor in as well and that's how we have seen some professional money hit this under uh, it never really got to 12, but there was some initial juice on the over, and that has kind of flipped just a bit. So, you know, 14 wins last year, nine wins in 2021. So they had a plus five wins last year. People certainly expecting some, you know, injury regression, turnover regression as well. And the schedule is actually a little bit harder. You said you were closer to 10. I'm closer to 20. But last year, Wags, I mean, it was one of the easier schedules that we've ever seen. So yep. that's why a lot of people were on the Eagles last year. So certainly some things pointing down, not overall, but just compared to last year. I, I certainly don't see this team approaching that 14-win number that they had last year. But certainly they're going to be a player in the uh, NFC East, no doubt. Yeah, well, you think about – look at their road games. you got to start off on the road against New England now again – New England, not the New England team that we know. The spread's but, only minus four in that game. Right, I mean, right. that, that's can very exactly. easily go either way. Yeah, very tight. And again, opening season on the opening day of the season on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those New England fans are going to be up. Um, you know, you have to travel to LA for the Rams game again. Yeah, they're probably going to be about a six, seven point favorite there, but keep in mind, you know, it's a different. Uh, you got to go um, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Then they come back from going out to LA straight across back to the East coast to play at the jets, a much better team. And then I'm just looking at some of the tougher road games at Kansas city. Yes. It's after a bye. They should probably be about three point dogs, three and a half point dogs in that game at Dallas, December 10th at Seattle the following week on the 17th. So again, back to back road games followed by a game at home against the Giants. So um, that'll be interesting. And then they end the year at the Giants. So um, again, you know, it's not the easiest uh, road schedule for sure. And um, it should be interesting. They also get Buffalo and San Fran at home. They're playing a a first place schedule this year, right? So they have to play all those other first place teams, which they didn't have to deal with last year. So yeah, well, listen to this stretch. Yes, it's after a bye week at Kansas City, home against Buffalo on a short week, home against San Fran at Dallas at Seattle. Oh, and five. I mean, (laughs) look, probably not, but it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. But I mean, like, 
look, you got to go Kansas City and Buffalo back to back on a short yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Look at the schedule last year versus this year. I mean, just it's truly night and day. So certainly can understand why we have seen some under money coming on that number. All right. Moving along, Wags, the team that is the second favorite in this division in the NFC East, that is the Dallas Mike, Cowboys. Mike McCarthy led Dallas your Cowboys. That's your my boy. My guy, my guy. Mike McCarthy's win total this year on Dallas, 10, uh, minus 125. There's some minus 135s is the number. There's even as high as minus 145s out there. The win total, 10. Uh, the take back around plus 120 on average. To win the division, plus 190. To win the conference and go to the Super Bowl, 6-1. to one. To win the Super Bowl, 14 to 1. Wags, for, for my money, you could circle a lot of things that are kind of the most important. Number one is they got rid of Zeke. So that's addition by subtraction, in my opinion. If you just look at the numbers, the numbers certainly bear that out. Um, Zeke was around three yards per carry last year, 3.8 to be exact. And Tony Pollard, who's going to be getting all the carries this year, 5.2. That's just rushing. So whenever you handed the ball to Pollard versus Zeke, you got an extra yard and a half just because of who you were handing the ball to. That's huge. And then the other thing is the coaching. Kellen Moore's gone. They bring in Brian Schottenheimer as the OC, but he's not actually going to be uh, taking over play calling. Mike McCarthy is calling the plays. So that's a thing. That's a thing. We'll see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm, we'll see, man. Interesting. Well, that's all they bring I, in all Brian, I can say. They bring in Schott, <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer. So, right. I mean, if they do have to fall back, on a play caller, at least, you know, they, they get one of the top 10, top 12 play callers, I think, uh, you know, as far as offensive coordinators are concerned in the league. Now, I think the drop is significant, right, from Kellen Moore to Schottenheimer. I have Kellen Moore ranked number two or three overall as far as an offensive coordinator is concerned. I have Schottenheimer ranked at 10, 11. So um, a little bit of a drop there. And, you know, I think it's easy to rip on the Cowboys. Look, they're fans for years and they kind of still are kind of the, one of the more annoying fan bases, um, always thinking their team's good, but you know, to their credit, they have been in the playoffs and back to back years. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was the first time in since 2006, 2007, actually, since they were in the playoffs back to back years. Um, so that that's, you know, good for them, but you know, they have not been back to a Super Bowl for nearly 30 years when they've actually Oof. made the, they were uh, made the playoffs five years in a row. I think it was between like 93 and 96 or 92 and 96, something like that. Um, their offense is stacked. Look, they, they have an incredible offensive line, a great running back. You mentioned Tony Pollard over five yards of carry last year. Um, each time he touches the ball, incredible. They finally move on from Zeke. Yes, it's addition, you know, by subtraction, but Zeke gave him plenty of good years, right? Like he was a great running back when he, yeah. when he was, um, but now he's not, and and certainly time to move on. So I think Pollard not only gets his shot, I think um, will step right into that role well. A great transition for him. He's a great talent, um, and they have great talent at receiver. C.D. Lamb. They bring in Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. Yep. Um, so th they're stacked as far as not only position players but also the offensive line. Now, who do we look at? Mr. Prescott. Dak Prescott, yes, he's had some injuries over the last couple of years, um, but with that came some regression, right? He was playing kind of above and beyond, I think, who he actually was as a player, and now he's come down probably be a little below uh, who he is. So do I see some bounce back? Yes, but the question is how much? I mean, this guy really needs to um, think before he throws, look off his receivers, bring down the, that – 
those interceptions that he's you know so, so good at throwing sadly for for the cowboy fans um but you know i think you know from that aspect like uh, you know i just feel dak could get back on track and if he does this cowboys team is going to be really really good and then one other thing i think i just want to re- mention real quick is their defense their mm-hmm. defense is really one of the reasons you know why this team was you know pretty good last year um and got to the playoffs look they were ranked fifth overall they only gave up 20 points a game they were number one in turnovers dan quinn back as the defensive coordinator is one of the best coordinators in the league now you you talk about head coach that's a different story but when he's a defensive 28 to three baby and yeah and has a group i mean like with micah parsons trevon diggs they add stefan gilmore from the colts um that defensive secondary is going to be really scary with uh, Mika Parsons up on the coming off the edge. That's going to be interesting. I'm usually, usually kind of hesitant to kind of take any Cowboys bets as they're usually a betting favorite, you know, which tends to kind of uh, juice those plays and, and maybe they're a little juiced uh, this year. I'm sure we'll talk about the Cowboys a little later, but um, you know, at plus one ninety to win the division too look, the Eagles are legit. And if they stay healthy, that'll be tough. But if they don't stay healthy, I mean, you're getting almost two to one. They should be favorites in 13 games, at least this year, maybe 14, the Cowboys like could be, could be a play there. So uh, I kind of a little bullish on this Cowboys team. I am too. I think it's a, it's a two team race in the East, right? I don't think the giants or the commanders are winning. And so if you look at it like that, okay. The, I'm really glad that that you brought up Dak because the turnover differential last year was plus 10, okay, and that's with Dak throwing 15 interceptions. Right. So their defense was exactly was really. Good. They have addressed the interception thing with him to the point where he's talking about it. Right. You don't normally see that as far as just like less interceptions. Like that. Yeah. I can almost guarantee you that number is going to be less this year. And that preseason so, media that you see come out on Twitter with these videos of him throwing picks mm-hmm. like terrible. Of course that's going to happen. The question is how often is that happening? Are you only seeing, you know, these one or two or, you know, few bad throws that he's making and you're not really seeing the other side of it. We'll see. I mean, only time will tell, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, look, Dallas led, the NFL in turnovers as far as uh, defensively. Yeah. So, right. I mean, exactly. They add I Stephon mean, Gilmore. They, they load up. I mean, they, they have, I mean, it's tough to say like regression won't happen there too, but mm-hmm. they got, they got a squad. They, so it was, is, you know, much grief as Mike McCarthy gets, um, which is quite warranted oh. in my opinion. In, in game, you know, in versus... game and playoffs, right? Yeah. Regular season, this is a team that's won 12 games the last two years. Okay. Mike McCarthy, 31 and 22 overall at Dallas. So, it, and that doesn't count the one year that, um, or sorry, that does include the one year that uh, Dak got hurt. So, tr- truly, like a, and much better than th- 31 and, and 22. So, you know, 12 wins, as I mentioned, the past two years, 20, 24 wins. This team was plus 125 in, in point differential last year. As I mentioned, the Eagles are plus 133. The only two teams that were ahead of them were the Niners and the Eagles, and the Eagles were only ahead by eight points. So I think that this number, meaning the win total number at 10, is just a little deflated only because of you know the whole narrative around the Cowboys. Can't win in the playoffs, can't get to the title game, will choke, etc. Maybe that's all true, and maybe that'll happen again. 
But as far as the season win total, I could care less what happens in the playoffs for this yep. team. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, schedule, I have them 15th, right around NFL average. They're so not too difficult. They get the Giants twice, the Commanders twice. They don't have to play a first-place schedule like the Eagles do. So that's a thing as well. So certainly a lot to like about this Dallas team. And as you mentioned, a team we'll probably get to talk to about a little bit later in the show. Yeah, and again, as far as a power rating is concerned, and if you have you know your own power rankings, I have this team ranked sixth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're a legit squad, a legit contender. Yes, the first thing you see is Dak Prescott when you, you know, you, you kind of the face of the team. But if you can think he gets somewhat back on track, you look past that, you have skill positions up the wazoo. Your offensive line is really legit, if not, you know, top five offensive line in the league. And then beyond that, you have a great defense. I mean, they're, they're really well built right now. Um, so, Definitely going to be t- looking hard at these Cowboys. Agreed. All right, moving along in the division, the New York Giants. Wags, the Daniel Jones led New York Giants four years, $160 million, I believe was the number for Daniel, Daniel Jones. Good for him. Here are the numbers on this team. Win total, 7.5, plus 100 on the over, minus 120 on the under, plus 850 to win the division, 25 to 1 to win the conference, 65 to 1. To win the Super Bowl, they bring in Darren Waller from the Raiders. Love that. They re-signed Daniel Jones. Don't love that. Um, This was a team that wags last year. They were absolutely dead last. Last in the league in explosive passing plays of 20 yards plus. They only had 28 on the entire year. Uh, Nine and three in one-score games. So we talked about that with uh, the Eagles a little bit. That'll probably regress. Strength of schedule, I had them at 14th. Turned over differential, they were plus three last year, and they were actually minus six as far as point differential last year. So they certainly overperformed from where Pythag had them. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with coaching. Uh, love Brian Dayball came in, um, taken over for for Joe Judge, which is, again, like apples and oranges as far as just coaching acumen and, and, and all that. Did a fantastic job. But the schedule is going to be harder this year. At, you know, a playoff team from last year, they won a game. Still one game away from the conference championship game. I think a lot of it was, was quite frankly, smoke and mirrors. Uh, as I mentioned, negative, negative point differential for the entire year last year. Your thoughts on this New York Giants team and then bringing back Daniel Jones for four more years. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we'll talk about the Vikings later, but I, I just think they're very similar comparisons to this team. And, and again, that's actually who the who the Giants beat in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. um, a 13-4 and four. Minnesota Vikings team that frankly may not have even deserved to be in the playoffs. But um, when it comes to the Giants, look, you know, Giants fans and and maybe um, on paper because their record was nine, seven and one last year, you know, you're starting to get good. Um, one of the things you got to be careful of with this team, they run into, again, in my estimation, a, a top five, top 10 schedule this year. So um, the Giants offense really going to be led again, by running back and, you know, if you believe he's made a glass or not, Saquon Barkley, look, if this guy can stay healthy, the team has a shot to go over this seven and a half game mark. But again, Daniel Jones, back calling plays, you know, good news is he only threw five interceptions. Bad news, he only threw 15 touchdowns, which, you know, (laughs) in a full season, that's obviously less than one a game he com- I will say he completed 67 over 67% of his passes last year with a very subpar 
wide receiver group. Darius Slayton led the way, 46 catches for 724 Oof. yards. Darius Slayton is is leading. That 46 catches was yeah. the lead receiver on this team. To put this in perspective, he had the same amount of catches as, you ready for this? Chase Claypool, hmm. DeAndre Carter, Oof. Marvin Jones. Gets worse. James Conner, a running back. <laughs> And Antonio Gibson, a running back. Okay. Not good. Not good. That was your leading receiver. So um, I think the best news for the Giants and Daniel Jones is they get tight end slash wide receiver, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Darren Waller, he's going to have a very key role in this Giants offense. The passing game will run through him and kind of through Saquon, if you will. Um, But, you know, they, they got guys like obviously Darius Slayton. They bring in Paris Campbell. They have Isaiah Hodgins, who, you know, is, you know, a guy who catches balls. I mean, I'm not saying he's great, um, but adding Darren Waller into the mix is going to definitely change um, the dynamic a little bit for this. And, you know, the question is, can Daniel Jones get to 25 touchdowns from 15? I mean, it's a huge ass, probably not. um, He's probably going to be somewhere in the. 20 range in my opinion mm-hmm. you know on on a good season but we'll see defensively they're mediocre i mean <laughs> let's call a spade a spade um they gave up 23 points per game last season they didn't really add anything to this side of the ball they have a very difficult schedule as i mentioned um yeah I, it's what's interesting they're gonna be favorites in about seven of their 17 games mm-hmm. by my my estimation they're not going to be a favorite by more than four points and they won't be a dog by more than seven points. So like the giants are going to be a team that keeps games close-ish, right? Like they, they should be around. They should be like one score games. Um, but what were they? Nine and three, you said, or something like that as far as uh, in one score games. Close, yeah. Yeah. They were nine and three in one score games last year. Right. So yep. look, regression could easily be, yeah. you know, three, three and, and nine. nine. Yeah. There we go. So regression's the key word. Um, I think, again, judging by the numbers and the team and everything, and they'll be competitive, but I'm not sure they're going to be on the better side of these one-score games this year. I will say I do like Dabble. I think he's a yep. great coach. Um, I think they do have good coaching. So, you know, from that aspect, like, yeah, like maybe that's, you know, you can you can point to that on maybe why this team – was nine and three last year uh, in one score games and nine, seven and one overall. But frankly, you know, I, I just don't see the the key pieces on defense needed to, to really make the giants kind of um, uh, a, a winning team this year. I think the coaching is good for maybe one or two wins, just the yeah. coaching alone. So it's one of those, I would certainly lean under it. You know, there's some, it's, it's seven and a half. There's a few eights still struggling around out there. So if you go under eight, they got to finish above 500 to beat you. Um, yeah, I just, I see regression all over the place for this team in multiple places, but the coaching is so good in my view that um, it's something to at least consider before making any giants bets. All right, moving along, Wags, to the final team in the NFC East. For now, the Commanders, they might be changing it back to the football team, something else. Who knows? We shall see. For this year, is the Washington Commanders, the new owners of the Josh team. Josh Harris. And yes, Chris. Josh Harris and company. Magic is there. Um, no longer Dan Snyder. So from a just culture, whether it's teams, fans, or whatever, it's better. 
it, it honestly cannot get worse. So certainly might take some time, but um, new ownership for this franchise was badly needed. Here are their numbers. Win total, six and a half plus 100. Minus 120 on the under. Division, 16 to one. If you think that they can come all the way back and win the division. Conference, 40 to one. Super Bowl, they are one of the long shots in the entire uh, on the entire board, 65 to one wags to win the Super Bowl. For me, the biggest addition wags on this team is not a player. It is a coach. It is bringing in Eric Bienemy from the Chiefs as OC. Ron Rivera had a really, really, really weird press conference the other day last week where he was saying that players were complaining to him, I guess in confidence, or they, so they thought, that Bienemy was being too hard on them in practice. Uh, he apparently decided to express that publicly and not just go to Vietnamese himself or just keep it quiet altogether. So that's not great. Um, we'll see. I, I have a lot of questions about Vietnamese. I mean, we saw the same thing with Matt Nagy in Kansas City when he left. Just wasn't what wasn't the same, right? So was it an Andy Reid and Mahomes thing? Uh, was it not? I guess we'll probably find out. Obviously, when you go from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell, it's going to hurt you a little bit and not be as easy. But um, yeah, low expectations for this Washington team this year. I have them as the most difficult strength of schedule in the entire division. I have them ninth. So a top 10 hard schedule, minus 22 point differential last year, and minus five turnover differential. They have announced Sam Howell's the guy. So he's going to be starting week one when they play Arizona. Any thoughts, Wags, on this Washington Commanders team as we head into the year here? Yeah, look, I mean, to me, the future is bright. I think this, you know, you mentioned the culture, but more importantly, Josh Harris is a businessman. Um, And if you look at what he's done in other sports, you know, he owns the 76ers, he owns the New Jersey Devils, he owns Crystal Palace in soccer. Um, These teams have been successful in the the past several years since he's taken ownership. Um, And I think, you know, he's going to prove that he can do the same thing here. He's going to hire the right people, the right staff the right um, general managers and just get every, you know, the, the front office is, is going to really be, you know, stat driven, data driven um, to turn this commander's team around. Um, so back to this season, look, I mean, did anybody else, you know, I mentioned this earlier, realize that the commanders other than their fans, all 12 of them, um, that this team was eight, eight and one last year. Uh, they were you know, they were in the playoff hunt going into the last year. It's yeah, crazy. Look, yeah. I mean, they were eight five and one. Yes, until their bye week, and then after that, they they dropped the last three games. So, um, you know, they 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 had Wentz. You know, he goes down. Taylor Heineke comes in. I think he was what like six and one. Um, a- after those, let me see this. Uh, of course, they got rid of him right after that. Right. Well, I think he, he <laughs> yeah. Well, they got rid of him, but I what he he like tweaked his ankle or something, and then yeah. Wentz came back in. Yeah. And they just. He was, quote, injured. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Wentz finished, you know, and, uh, you know. And, Did not finish and, well, and, shall, yeah, shall we not, say. Not well. So now we got the Sam Howell show. And, um, look, he's a rookie. He He's someone that I watched a lot in college. I, I was a fan. You know, do, does he step mm-hmm. right in and, and, and do well? You know, probably not. He's a rookie, right? I mean, rookie with a team that, you know, yes, he's got some talent, but – he also has the 27th ranked offensive line in my estimation in, in football. That does not help. The good news for him is that he can make plays with his legs. You know, yep. I don't think many people realize that this guy is an athlete. He can run. He And I think he will. I think he'll actually run quite a bit this year, um, which, again, they have a, a running back duo in um, 
Brian Robinson Jr., who, again, he's the, the guy who shot himself or got didn't shoot himself. He got shot um, last year. I think, you know, he got robbed in his car, um, was miraculously, obviously, you know, he was shot. So I can't say it wasn't that bad. I, I've never been shot, but I can't imagine it being good. Um, but good. he did, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, it was certainly, um, you know, lesser of a, gun wound because he was able to come back and play yeah, he came back within the year. It was great. And yeah. played. Yeah. Played well. They also have Antonio Gibson and now with McKissick out Gibson comes in and he can actually be kind of that pure cat, uh, pass catching role, the third down back without having to look over his shoulder. Um, I would say the bad news for Gibson is, as I mentioned, Howell can run. So with that, you know, he probably doesn't get as many check downs. You know, I, I see Howell kind of pulling it down and running a lot. Um, but, Howell does have some really good receivers. Terry McLaurin, this guy does not get enough credit. He is fantastic. Mm-hmm. John Dotson, really good. Curtis Samuel as a number three receiver, solid number three receiver. Um, you know, he's fast. He, you know, they, they put in some running plays for him. Um, so it'll be interesting. They have three new offensive linemen. If those guys can gel, maybe get, to the mediocre part of offensive lines in the NFL. That'll be interesting um, how quickly they'll adjust. The good news is, and I tweeted this out, they get the Arizona Cardinals week one. So it's going to be what Colt McCoy and Sam Howell going at it. Minus six right now. Yeah. um, A very popular survivor pick by some. Yeah. And it's not a bad pick because I didn't talk about this yet. Yeah. Using them again. Defense, yeah. Well, not only that, but defense. <laughs> defensively, they're solid. I mean, yes, yes. They are. It was not. Yeah. Again, I've used this term before earlier on the pad. Mm-hmm. But let's call a spade a spade. It was not Taylor Heineke that led them to a six and one record. It was, it was their not. defense. Um, you know, and a stellar defense. They were ranked seventh in points per game, third in total yards per game, first in third down conversion percentage allowed, second against the pass when it came to completion percentage. And going, you know, from eight wins last year down to six and a half, yes, it makes sense because it was defensive driven um, and they overachieved last year. Now they have a rookie quarterback. I think if this defense plays as well as they did last season, I think that six and a half win total is definitely something that'll, you know, kind of be in the rear view mirror as they pass that. I mean, they returned 10 of the starters on defense. And this was yeah. a team that was third in total defense, fourth in passing defense, eleventh in rushing defense, seventh in points allowed, twelfth in sacks. So, to your point, you know, eight wins. One of those was a tie, so it certainly could have been nine. Uh, By the now way, it's Chase, six and a half. Chase Young was injured from right. uh, I think week ten, maybe something like that. Exactly, exactly. So, I to me, if you're looking at this win total, it comes down to one of, question or two. A year really. and a half ago, I should say, yeah, it was yeah. week ten of twenty twenty one. Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell, like, what do you think about about those two, right? Do you have any intel on kind of how Howell's been doing, that kind of thing? Like, if you think he can be okay, a game manager, not, you know, throw the ball to the other team twice a game kind of a, kind of a deal, you probably want to go over on this team. If not, maybe pass, take a look at the under. But the defense is certainly, certainly going to be there. As I mentioned, the strength of schedule is tough. So that's that's an issue as well. But um, I think the, the culture is not getting talked about enough too. That's a big, big deal for these players. And uh, yeah. there's a lot. Their that's strength of schedule, that. I have them ranked number one, toughest schedule. The most difficult. Okay. The most difficult. So. I mean, after the... Arizona, it's all downhill. They get, they have two, what I would say, easy games. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it easy, 
is the first game they open up again. What are they? Six point favorites against yes. Arizona at home. So they get them at home and they also have at home against the bears. Now, again, I don't know if that's easy, but you know, in the NFL, it's as easy as it's going to get. Right. Um, otherwise I think, you know, those might be the only two games that they're favored in this year. Seriously. No, for sure. For sure. And and that's part of why you see a six and a half number on a team that won eight, you know, 8.5 yep. games last year. Um, well, they got to play Dallas. They got to play San Fran. They got to play Miami. Um, mm-hmm. They got to play, play Dallas Buffalo. twice. Philly twice. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I was trying. I said Dallas, but yeah. But so Buffalo, I'm talking about non-conference, right? So mm-hmm. Buffalo at home, Miami at home, San Fran at home. Okay. Potentially 0-3. Yeah. At, at Denver, very, very difficult game. A mile high. That's game two. And if that's Denver's week one uh, home opener, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me right now, Denver's schedule. But if that is Denver's first game, I might flip and play Denver as my number two survivor pick. Uh, week Denver against... is tough at home in September. Early, that oh, is a known yes. altitude yes, exactly. so situation. You got it at Denver, at the Falcons. So now you got to play on turf in a dome, which is mm-hmm. not, you know, your, your typical. You got at New England, that'll be a difficult game. At Seattle, at Dallas, oh, we, well, the, that's in in division. At LA Rams, at Jets. I mean, <laughs> doesn't get tough. easy for this. Yeah, it's a tough schedule for this team. I'll probably Certainly. stay off it. Talking myself out of the over. Hey, that's part of the reason why we enjoy doing these pods. We kind of get to talk things through with each other and with all of you, and you get to sort of see our our thought process. Sometimes it's helpful for everybody. So, um, all right, good stuff. That Wags is the NFC East. One more team, one more division, I should say, to get to on this podcast. And that is the NFC North. If you have two seconds, please give us a five star review. We definitely appreciate it. Just click the fifth star uh, on the pod where you. Um, see it it's usually at the bottom there on uh, on apple so we definitely do appreciate that and if you have any questions about packages anything at all or any questions about the pod always let us know you can uh, get in touch with us via the chat on the website or twitter or x as we're now calling it uh or instagram at the real mr mr acl and at captain wags here we go wags odds to win the nfc north division here we go yes i'm about to say this first time I can never remember saying this, actually, to be honest with you. The Detroit Lions are favored to win the division. The plus 140 favorites, Detroit Lions, to win the North. Vikings are second, plus 275. And the Bears and the Packers tied at 4-1 to to win this division. We shall start with the team that is favored. The Dan Campbell, Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions. Here are the numbers, Wags. Win total, 9.5. Minus 120 on the over, plus 100 if you want to go under that. As I mentioned, plus 140 to win the division. They are the favorites to win the conference and go to the Super Bowl. They're about the third or fourth favorite, 11 to 1, to win the Super Bowl. They're down to as low as 22 to 1. I have seen some shops that are posted 15s on this team to win the conference. Too much too soon? We shall see. I mean, this was a, a win total wags over the years. You know, we're talking four and a half, five, somewhere in there six, seven, eight, maybe on the high end. Now we're all the way out to nine and a half. They got to win 10 games to beat you. Any thoughts on the Detroit Lions here as we head into the year? Yeah, you mentioned it. I, this might be the first time they're ever the betting favorites in their division. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Lions were good. I mean, I grew up, they had Barry Wayne Sanders. Fonts, yeah. Barry Sanders. Right. Remember him? But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wayne. Um, 
but I'll, I'll use a term that you like to say quite often. What a, what a time to be alive. Woof. Lions yeah. are favored. Dan Campbell, a true players coach, is back. Look, this <laughs> is a guy who pours his heart into this team as much as he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and we know pretty often like what he's actually thinking, what's going through this guy's mind. Um, he, he holds nothing back, but before we have to give in and admit that he's actually a good coach, because you and I have, have not really been on the Dan Campbell train um, before these lions went eight and two down the stretch last year, which again, you could say, well, the last 10 games, they're eight and two, but before this eight and two stretch, Dan Campbell four, 19 and one in their last 24 games. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that four. 19 and one. Yes, they went eight and two over the last 10. Um, Goff puts up 27 and nine last season, throwing for just shy of 4,500 yards. Kudos to him. Did not expect him to kind of come into this offense and do what he did. Um, He was number six overall in the league behind guys. Here are the five guys in front of him. Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, Cousins, and Burrow. That's it. That's the short list in front of them. Um, the Lions bring bring back an, you know a great offensive line, which again you have to give that offensive line um, kudos to, to the success that the Lions have, and they mix it up a bit. You know we we talked about Swift gone. Um, they bring in David Montgomery from their rivals in division, Chicago Bears. They bring him in for six and a half million. Um, good for. David Montgomery um, and you know, they go and deal swift and get Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama by, by way of Georgia tech um, in case, you know, some of our listeners don't know um, interesting little nugget that he was at Georgia tech prior to Bama. Um, but all the stats I mentioned, you know, are basically because of one thing, all of these numbers and why their offense was so good was because of one thing. Their defense was that bad. 32nd. There's only 32 teams. They were literally last in overall defense last year. Last. Uh, They were 30th in third down conversions given up. They were last in total yards per play. They were 30th against the pass, 29th against the run. Um, Honestly, the only bright spot in this defense last year was their draft pick, Aiden Hutchinson, um, who had nine and a half sacks. 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 And, you know, I, I just don't really... I can't really get behind a team and like start betting on a team that has such a terrible defense. It's, it's look, I get, you know, there, there are favorites, you know, I get that like in the public eye, you know, partially, you know, there's a lure here because, you know, they're historical, an historical crappy team. Um, maybe it's partially because of their head coach, Dan Campbell has that infectious personality. Um, or maybe because they were just really that good at the end of the year going eight and two. I'm not touching this total. I'm certainly not touching the over. Um, they'll have to win double digits for, for me to get behind this. And, you know, while maybe emotionally I'm, I'm somewhat rooting for this team because of the reasons I mentioned, you know, they're historically bad and Dan Campbell's fun to watch and all this stuff. I need to see more from this defense to to really support them. Dan Campbell is 12 and 21 as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. So now they have to go and win 10 games, almost equaling the number of wins that he has his entire career there at Detroit. Wags, this is kind of a cool stat. Jared Goff, after years with the Rams where he led the league in turnovers and giving the ball up, 29 touchdowns, just seven picks last year. He actually... 
uh, is entering this year on an active streak of 324 straight passes without an interception, which is fifth longest in the entire NFL, in the history of the entire NFL. So we'll see if that can continue. A lot of this started when they switched offensive coordinators. They brought in, not brought in, they moved Ben Johnson, um, one of the hottest names in the entire NFL right now, to the um, play calling side, to the offensive coordinator side. So once they started winning games for the latter half of the year, it certainly uh, connected with, with the players bringing him in. So we'll see if that can, can continue. The The difference is teams, the other teams have tape now, right? So they have an entire off season to kind of prepare for what they might potentially do there. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, this team won three games in 21, nine games last year. Now the win total jumps from, five five and a half six around that that number all the way to nine and a half so they got to go 10 and seven to beat you on that on that number 22nd ranked strength of schedule so a fairly easy schedule uh as do most teams in in this division except for the vikings plus 26 as far as uh, point differential last year and plus seven in turnovers a lot of that has to do with golf not throwing the ball away to the other team which i think will probably regress this year his uh, interception number is 11 and a half yeah, so. interesting stat here, Detroit. In their last 10 first games of the season, 10-0 to the over. Okay. I like that. I like that little nugget. Yeah, and they play the Chiefs. They so do. That is the gonna be opening game. 54.5, Detroit, yeah. plus 6.5, 54.5 on that total Thursday night opener. Chiefs will be raising the banner. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points against the Detroit Lions. All right, moving along. In this division, Wags, the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota, win total 8.5, minus 110 flat both sides. This is a team that won 13 games last year. Now their win total is 8.5. Might be a little tell right there. Division, plus 275. Conference, 18-1. to Super Bowl, 35-1. to Look, it's no secret. I think it was, it was made known if you sort of watched outside of mainstream media last year. Pythag, just as far as wins, expectancy, all that good stuff, they were minus three. They had a negative point differential last year, yet they still won 13 games. They were 11-0 in one-score games last year, an NFL record. The history of the NFL, no team has ever done that. 11-0 in one-score games. They seemingly came back every single fourth quarter. They were trailing after the third in so many of these games. Make You know, hats off to them for sure, no doubt. They, it's not like, you know, it just happened. They had to actually do it. 11 and 0 in one score games wags. If you even take half of that, say they go six and five, right? Then this team probably doesn't even make the playoffs last year. So they were also outscored by 22.3 points in their five losses. So a lot of, you know, negative regression potentially happening on this team. And when you have a 13 win team that the win total is eight and a half and Sharps still have an appetite for the under, I think that speaks volumes. Strength of schedule as well. I have them as a top 10 most difficult, number eight in the entire NFL, and they were only plus two in turnovers last year. So your thoughts on this Minnesota Vikings team head into the year? Yeah, I don't have them quite as high. I have them 13th, but still definitely a difficult schedule, especially for this division. Um, look, Minnesota has Kirk Cousins, who's constantly proved kind of his doubters wrong year after year after being told, look, who who is this guy? It's just simply not that good. Who's Kirk Cousins, Michigan State, who, you know, this this guy's not a good NFL quarterback. And year after year, you know, he keeps proving his doubters wrong a little bit. Threw for over 4,500 yards last year with 29 touchdowns. Got weapons like a guy named Justin Jefferson. Ever heard of that guy? 
Uh, pretty good. TJ Hawkinson. Now he gets the stud rookie receiver in Jordan Addison, who's going to fill the role of Adam, Adam Thielen. Um, this guy run the, won the Fred Belitnikoff Award two years ago and was first team all ACC two years ago and first team all Pac-12 last year, um, pairing up with the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Dalvin Cook out, and they bring in backup Alexander Madison. Uh, definitely a capable running back, but really haven't seen much consistency out of him. So it'll be interesting to see if this guy can kind of, you know, I don't want to say fill the shoes of a Dalvin Cook, but at least step in and be consistent and have some success behind a pretty solid offensive line. Defensively, different story, quite similar to the Lions. Like this Vikings defense gave up over 25 points a game, ranked 28th in defense. They were ranked 31st in total yards per game, 31st given up in passing yards per game. Um, and as you mentioned, ACL, as they were, while they were 13 and four last year, a little bit of anomaly. They were minus three in that point differential. Vegas sees them um, pretty similar to how I see them at eight and a half wins, four and a half games lower than last year's win total. And I, expect this team to kind of struggle a little bit um and regress again eight and a half we'll have to take a look at that number we're not playing off with 12 and a half or 13 so um you know the vegas knows they have a, a pretty solid grasp on these teams but with a more difficult schedule and you know the ball very unlikely to be bouncing the way right. that it did last year in minnesota's favor um you know i have to sense a set uh some sort of regression um and you know we'll talk about we talked about the Lions. We'll talk about the Packers um, after this and, and, you know, what their chances are um, in this division. We talked about the Lions in total defense, 32nd. Vikings are 31st in total yeah. defense, second worst in the NFL. So, look, Wags talks about, you know, regression and all that, and I certainly agree they're not going to even come close to 13 wins last year. But that doesn't mean that it's an automatic under, right? The win total might have gone too far the other way. It's, it's eight and a half. Right, it's not like they open the win total in years past before advanced analytics and all that stuff. This win total probably opens like ten and a half, right? Just because it's like, oh, it's based on a thirteen win team, blah blah blah. So the fact that it's eight and a half, there are even some eights out there popping. Um, I mean, they do bring back pretty much everyone on offense except for Dalvin Cook. Ten ten starters are are coming back. So if they can get the defense at least manageable. Um, I certainly could make an argument for this team to go over that number uh, just because you could argue that it's gone too far to, to the other side with people just expecting them to totally fall off a cliff, which I'm not sure is the case. Cousins is also in a contract year. So that's something to factor in as well. I do think losing Dalvin Cook, though, is going to be bigger than most people think. Uh, the drop off from him to Madison is fairly significant, in my opinion. All right. Two more teams down, Wags. You've done the Lions. You've done the Vikings. The Green Bay Packers. What if Jordan Love is good? It's a tweet I put out the other day. We'll get into that in a little bit. Win total seven and a half, minus 120 on the over, plus 100 on the under, four to one to win the division, 30 to one to win the conference, 65 to one for Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. We shall see. 19th most difficult strength of schedule for me in the NFL, minus one point differential last year and plus two on the turnover front. This was a team that still, after all that, won eight games last year with Aaron Rodgers playing probably his worst year since his rookie year. Uh, and they won 13 games the year prior to that. So seven and a half is a number that obviously reflects the quarterback situation. I think Jordan Love is just unknown to so many people and or they expect him to be bad based on what they've seen either in mop-up duty or the preseason. 
But a lot of people said that about Aaron Rodgers. Remember, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for years before coming in, and people said the exact same thing when he finally got in there. So I think the fact that they re-signed Jordan Love tells a lot. Obviously, they see him every day in practice. They know the kind of player that he is, the kind of man that he is. So that was very telling to me, um, just from kind of what the organization thinks of this guy. If they saw that he couldn't play in practice, they probably would have moved on at this point. So seven and a half win total wags. Your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers team going in? Yeah, I mean, look, it's probably the first time in what seems like forever the Packers not the favorite to win the North. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have to do with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is no, no longer there. But I you think, think? You, know, you think? Yeah, they, they probably uh, pulled the plug on Rodgers because he was getting a little too old and they saw some regression there. So um, will Jets fans be kind of cursing under their breath after you know they get a look at Rodgers maybe um or or Rodgers is now you know in a, in a position to shine but um you know yeah it's the Jor- Jordan Love show the new play caller and you know we'll see for how long only Jordan Love will be able to really determine that um you know I've heard some mixed reviews coming out of camp um on Jordan Love I know he was struggling early couldn't get the ball downfield um you know wasn't as accurate as you know they thought they that he might be and then you know I also heard the opposite um some days he looked you know really really good and and was you know putting the ball exactly where it needed to be so um I guess you know we'll see if he can be consistent and consistently good um in the NFL for for Packers fans to to kind of get behind yeah, they do have some potentially solid receivers. Christian Watson obviously came out last year with kind of this breakout year, especially those fantasy football people who loved, um, you know, him catching those long, long balls. They have Romeo Dubs. Um, they add Luke Musgrave at tight end, the rookie out of Oregon State. 6'6", runs about a four six forty. He's going to, I think, see a lot of balls this year, especially early as Love kind of gets into, um, you know, uh, the NFL and, and just started to getting adjusted to being a starter in the league. Um, defensively, they do have some talent here, and, and that's what I really like about this Packers team. I think over the last few years, the Packers really spent a lot of draft capital on the defensive side of the ball and have some young talent up front to pair guys, you know, to pair with guys like Jair Alexander and Razul Douglas on the back end of the defense. So um, I think that's definitely good, good news. Um, You know, other good news that's going for this Packer team. I have the Packer schedule as the 28th toughest schedule. Hmm. Where where are you on that ACL? 19. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, bottom half for sure. Bottom half. Um, you know, they only have eight home games. So again, you know, but they visit teams on the road like Atlanta, winnable, Vegas, winnable, Giants, winnable, and Carolina, all winnable games, four road games right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you get eight home games in Green Bay. It's a very, very difficult place to play. Um, they, What's interesting, they are not more than three and a half point favorites um, and no more than five and a half point dogs. And they'll be three and a half or four point favorites at home against Tampa. Um, and there'll be five and a half point dogs at home against Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I certainly lots of um we'll just say a, a, a wide delta for this team, right? As far oh, no as where doubt. they can yeah. land. I mean it's it's a, it's, a wild, wild card team here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For me, Wags, we talked about the offense. The defense is where I kind of have the most question marks. Surprisingly, Matt LaFleur hired his his friend, we'll say Joe Barry, uh, to be the DT in 2021. And his two previous stops, Detroit and Washington, they did not end well. They did not go well, quite frankly. They haven't done a lot 
better uh, so far here in Green Bay. They were 14th in points allowed in 21. Then they gave him two first-round picks. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was not happy about that, as has been discussed. Then they went backwards. So they they were in uh, 17th in terms of points allowed and total defense and 26th as far as rushing defense. They did have a, pa- a good pass defense, 6th. But, um, I mean, from a draft perspective, uh, you know, you're talking Quay Walker, Eric Stokes, uh, Rashawn Gary, Jahir Alexander, all starters, all all first round picks over the last five years. So yeah. they so need to start hitting saying. on they, some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. They they have some young talent. It's just a matter of how it comes. To, think they've spent on their last eight first round draft picks, seven of them on defense. Yes, yeah, it's crazy, and that's why Aaron Rodgers left. Yeah, one of the reasons. One of the reasons. All right, last team wags in the division before we get to the free play. The Chicago Bears, a lot, lot, lot of talk about this team as far as in the futures market. A lot of people taking Super Bowl chances on this team, thinking Justin Fields is going to take that leap. We (laughs) shall see. Here are the numbers. Win total, 7.5. This team had the number one pick last year. They were a three-win team. Now 7.5, minus 130 on the over, plus 110 on the under. Division, 4-1. to Conference, 30-1. to Super Bowl, 50-1. to And that number is interesting. Because they are the same division odds as the Packers, four to one. Same conference odds, thirty to one. As I mentioned, fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. Packers are sixty-five. People are in love. It seems in the offseason, the number one MVP ticket wag sold at sportsbooks, Justin Fields. That is that is a fact. People are thinking that uh, you know he's going to be taking the Lamar Jackson esque leap in year, uh, you know, from year to year here. So we shall see. Strength of schedule will help, certainly, 27. So toward the bottom, bottom half there, minus, this is a real number, 137 point differential last year for the Chicago Bears. Dead last, number two, sorry, negative two as far as turnover differential. Uh, probably the only way is up, so I'll, I'll give them that. They won three games last year because uh, Lovey Smith gifted them the, the number one pick. They were able to trade out and get some talent, bring in – um, some, you know, nice pieces, I'll, I'll say. Uh, I certainly think that bringing in DJ Moore can only help. It's certainly not going to hurt. The schedule is much easier. Justin Fields wags, 5-20. 5-20 as a starter with a 7.5 win total this year. Your thoughts on the Chicago Bears team headed into the year? Look, I, I want to say this first before anybody gets upset. I know the Bears fans are ready to win. They always are. Not sure there's a more optimistic fan base going yep. into each season than the Chicago Bears fans. And, you know, one of my good friends is a Bears fan. Um, ACL, I don't think you know him, but every year he is so pumped. He's so optimistic. And every year I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, it's not going to end well, man. It's just not going to end well. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to play the futures market and you want to play fields to win, MVP. It's a, I, I don't recommend it. I'm just saying it is a much better ticket to have, in my opinion, than a Bears to win it all or even the NFC. Or and anything. the prices are actually comp, they're around the same. So I agree. Uh, if you're going to take yeah. one of the two, just take Fields to win MVP and then they'll, you know, bomb out and play in the first, yes, second round. Because what people don't realize, they I go into these them. betting situations with tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Their defense is a complete shit show. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is terrible. They were dead last, giving up 27 points per game last year, last in yards per pass attempt, last in sacks, 
31st in rushing yards per game. They were ranked 17th in passing yards given up, but that's because everybody was just running their ball down their throat. And they, they had a couple of guys like Demarcus Walker and Tremaine Edmonds, but the defense is just not in a good, good spot. So again, that's why I kind of say, look, if you want to buy a ticket here on this Bears team, you're feeling optimistic, you think Fields is it. Well, Fields is it. The only way he's going to win player of the year. Okay, he's going to win MVP if they if he takes this team to the you know to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, look, I, he's he's a very unique player to cap. He's a very difficult. Like, yes, obviously he's five and twenty as a starter. He's not good. Um, dead last in passing yards. Dead last in passing attempts. Listen to this. On average, he threw the ball twenty two times. Not completed twenty two passes. Threw the ball twenty two times a game. Um, for a whopping 130 yards. Yeah, that was good. an average. Not okay, good. to put this in perspective, Field started 15 games last year and passed for 2,242 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo started 11 games, four games less, and threw the ball for 2,437 yards, almost 200 yards more. And 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 let's put it, Garoppolo is not like some guy who throws the ball downfield. Right. Not Patrick Mahomes out no. there. Right. Guess what? And in, in those games, he was handing the ball off because mm-hmm. they had, McCa- you know, so, um, yeah. So that's why he's a little bit difficult to cap because he also adds 1,100 plus yards and eight touchdowns in rushing. So um, he was sacked a league leading time 55 times last year, almost like, what is that? Three, over three times a game. Um, but they, they, they led the bears led, the league in in running last year Not number one rushing field, offense in the league number 32 correct. in passing which is pretty remarkable honestly yeah yeah i, I mean look because i've never seen that because every time he dropped back the pass he'd pull it down and run mm-hmm. um 1100 yards as i mentioned eight touchdowns montgomery ran for 800 yards khalil herbert ran for 730 yards well they lose montgomery they look to Khalil Herbert. They bring in Donta Foreman. Um, they also get Roshan Johnson from the draft coming in from Texas. Um, so they have him. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rotating door here at running back to keep those fresh legs to go alongside the Justin Fields drop back and run situation. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't know if the addition of DJ Moore is really going to get them. I like DJ Moore. He's one of my, I think one of the most underrated wide receivers up until this trade. Now, all of a sudden everybody's blown him out of the water here and and loves him. And I do, I I think he's great. Um, But to, to pair um, fields here with a DJ Moore, you look at, this is what I look at DJ Moore's average, um, averages about 14.3 yards per catch over his career. Um, it was Mooney last year who had the most for the Bears at at two yards less. I think it was like 12.1 or something like that. Um, and then after that, it was it was Cole Komet at 10 yards per St. catch. St. Brown was slightly higher on average, and then Mooney, and then, and then Cole Komet. So yeah, right yeah. right around the, right around that that same I number. Mean, so yeah, it's just you know. Re- he doesn't fields doesn't have the ability to get back into his past to allow for DJ Moore to get down right. the field. Yeah. So what we will see, and I think, you know, a guy, everybody's going to see, Oh, but didn't you see in the preseason that they, they just threw turn and threw the ball to DJ Moore who went 62 yards for a touchdown. First off. Yes. I do think we'll see that more. I think DJ Moore will go for some really quick routes, get the ball in his hands to make some plays. There's no doubt about it. Guess what? 
they're not going to throw the ball to TJ Moore on a wide receiver screen and he's not going to score every time. No. Okay. That's not no. happening. Yes. It happened once. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. I was like rooting for my, you know, all the bears fans out there who are, you know, mostly pretty nice them to win the super bowl. Do not bet them to win the NFC. Um, if you want to take fields because of his legs and, you know, the addition of more, and maybe he comes into his own and you're what three or four here. And he ends up being, uh, you know, somewhat decent passer and like adds that to his game that's fine but their defense is terrible so don't don't expect that to 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 win the nfc here this team won three games last year the year before that they won six matt everflus everyone just assumes oh the what if he's a horrible coach right. i mean he came in they won six his first year they win three he's three three and 14 as head coach that was his first year what I mean, are we just going from three to eight all of a sudden? Be, uh, you know, yeah. Something we'll also see. to note here from a betting actionable, be, actionable betting standpoint. Yes. Bears, Bears one and nine against the spread in their last ten games against the NFC North. Okay. Yep. Yep. Certainly have struggled and certainly struggled toward the end of last year. And guess what? They uh, weren't favorites in those. You know. Right. So no. think about it. Like They're one not even and nine. Close. Yeah. Right. Not even coming close. All right. Both divisions down. NFC East, NFC North. You're going to get to the free play here. Again, if you have two seconds, we would certainly appreciate those five-star reviews for the pod. They help us grow and help us, you know, being able to do this. And um, if you want to leave a nice comment or, you know, any comment, that's cool too. We definitely do appreciate that. All right, my man, free play time. We are going back to the NFC East. We are going back to a team that we talked at length earlier. So certainly the timestamp is there if you want some more info. But we are going, Wags, with the Dallas Cowboys. Free How about play. them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Here we go. Dallas Cowboys free play over 10, minus 125 out there, minus 135 at the Superbook. And the prevailing number, we'll call it, you know, minus 145 at Caesars. But certainly shop around get that 10. I wouldn't go over. Uh, I wouldn't pay more than minus 145. So that's kind of the cap. And that number is at Caesars. We talked about it a lot. Cowboys team wags. They've won 12 games the past two seasons, and they had a 100 and plus 125 point point differential last year, which was third in the entire NFC, just eight points behind the Eagles. So start off with that. This win total should be close. Price should be priced closer to around 11. I think we're getting a, a bit of a discount on that number because of what continues year after year after year to happen to them in the playoffs which is the narrative on this team, which I could care less if we're betting over 10. That doesn't affect us at all if we're betting regular season numbers. So there's that. I think we're getting value on the actual number itself. And Mike McCarthy, 31-22 and 22 overall at Dallas. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that includes the year that Dak got hurt. So their schedule is very manageable, a middle-of-the-road difficulty compared to the rest of the league. And I also think getting rid of Zeke is addition by subtraction, which will allow Tony Pollard really to get the majority of the carries. The average 5.2 yards a rush compared to Zeke's just 3.8. So 1.4 yards every time he gets the ball versus what Zeke did last year. So that's a huge thing. Throw in Brandon Cooks, which they got lining up opposite of CeeDee Lamb, and you have one of the absolute best one-two wide receiver punches in the NFL. And I do, as you talked about, trust Dan Quinn on the defensive side of the ball to keep this unit in the top 10 as well. So we're going over 10, minus 145, on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, look, I mean, I think if you put this team on paper and took Cowboys out, right, you just kind of put, like, their attributes down, like almost like looking at Madden and looking at size and speed and agility and overall ranking and all that without any player's name so you can't identify this team. I think this team would be a top 
five to seven team in the entire league. Um, yeah, I think the one big question mark will be Dak. How can he perform? How can he stay healthy? All of that. Yes, we talk about the coaching staff. Um, look, Schottenheimer, if he, he's going to put into his scheme, which is going to be inside zone, which is going to set up those um, play action passes. And you got guys like CD lamb and Brandon cook stretching the field. Um, yeah. I just think that it's going to be a really, really difficult win um, to be able to beat these, this Cowboys team, which is why again, ACL and I agree on this one Cowboys over 10. I, I really like this one. Um, you know, I think it's not just on offense. Their defense is a, you know, a, a great, great defense. They got, you know, probably two or three of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Mika Parsons, um, Trevon Diggs, and, you know, Stephon Gilmore now over there. Um, I just really like this team, and I think they could compete uh, for the division against the Eagles. So we'll we'll see how this uh, NFC kind of shakes out. Absolutely. agree with every single bit of that. All right, that is the free play for the pod. Dallas over 10. One more pod, preview pod to go, which will be out later this week. NFC South? And the NFC West. So some interesting numbers, some interesting teams there. And we will, of course, have a free play at the end of that pod as well. All right, good stuff, Wags. Eight teams down, eight more to go as far as the NFL previews. All the college football previews are out as well. Week zero starts this Saturday. I tweeted this out earlier today, the way we do it every year. Any plays that we're on for week zero, we will tweet out for free. The package starts week one, which is the following Thursday, the August uh, August 31st. So the package begins August 31st, week one and week zero. We will be putting out for free this week if we are on anything. So be on the lookout for that. All right, Wags, any other thoughts on this pod before we call it a day and reconvene later in the week to round out the NFC? No, I just heard you laugh a little bit about the NFC South. What do you got against the NFC South? Their win totals are not, are not very high. Let's just go over there. <laughs> Unreal, yeah that 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 division is terrible. It's bad. It's bad. bad. It's bad. Pretty pretty bad. When you got the Saints as the favorite to win the uh, division, Derek Carr led Saints. Yeah, so that's the yeah. thing. We'll talk about them later in the week. Let's get this podcast out to the people. Hope the free play gets out to all you guys, and you can get down on Dallas over ten. All right, for Wags, I'm ACL. That is the East. That is the North. We'll talk to you later this week with the NFC South and the West. Talk to you then.